Hello, and for the last time covering football, welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. Not not covering football forever for this yeah, season. I well, probably yeah, should well, I probably should oh clarify. We're not we're not we're not dissolving by any means. But as always, I, West Tolleson, and 130 your hosting crew. I join you from College Station, Texas, where Walker Lot resides as well. Ryan Schroeder, the resident Atlanta Braves fan, joins us from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Ryan, uh, you you won the pick record, so I will let you talk first here. What did you think of last week's state matchups? Don't gl- gloat about picks. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. What did you think of the last penultimate week of private school football? Yeah, last week was great. I mean, guys, I, I really enjoyed seeing you all in person. And, uh, you know, not, not a lot of times do we get to hang out really in person. This is just the second time that all three of us have been together in the same area. Last time was the private school basketball champion uh, taps private school basketball championships uh in march of last year sometime around that so this is awesome that we got to spend uh you know another weekend together it was definitely a lot of fun um and lots of fun state championship game no without a doubt i mean i gotta stop saying without a doubt walker joke that he's gonna make a clip uh just like a five minute clip of me just saying the word without a doubt so i'll find a new filler phrase but speaking of walker walker we had an exhausting but exhilarating at the same time week last week covering the TAP State Championships. Your thoughts on a fantastic last week of football? Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was still resting the entire weekend once I got back home. I mean, it was, it was a long weekend, but it was worth it. A lot of fun. Excited that you know the culmination. Is that how you say that word? I don't think so. The culmination. Culmination. <laughs> uh, culmination. Uh, culmination. Culmination. Thank there you. We go. Uh, of like the entire season finally got together and we were able to do this awesome thing. Got to meet a lot of good people, a lot of people in tabs that we were really appreciative of. Um, yeah, it was just a good weekend and I was happy that it went really well. No, for sure. It's it's really funny. We brought up a couple of times. We were questioning, we're like, do you think anyone at TAPS watches this podcast? And adamantly, I said, no, there's no chance. But it, we figured out for sure there are some people at TAPS that watch our podcast or at least know who we are. So that was pretty cool to get to interact with everyone on a now professional level. You know, me and Walker were talking. It's really cool. This time last year, we just uh, we just showed up to the to the Parish Nolan State game. Just kind of it kind of is fans but we wanted to go so we could know what we were talking about but we just went we sat in the stands and we watched like fans fast forward a year later we were working the entire weekend as a media organization now and it's super super cool and we are very very thankful to all of you because you make that happen and you allow us to do this so we are very very thankful for the opportunity that we are given in this respect but as always we will now transition into our first segment for the last time this season we will recap the last week's pick records. Ryan, as he did more often than not, went at the top of the leaderboard going undefeated this season for or this this um week going four and oh might as well have <laughs> finishing 142 and 46. Me and Walker went three and one, both finishing with identical records of 134 and 54. I feel like you that's know, even I think that's better than actually winning his time, right, Wes? I think I like, agree. I, I think I think the feat of like getting the exact right, same yeah, record. Yeah, like we yeah. said, we said we intended to do before the season started. Where mm-hmm. I will actually make that known now. We decided we want to get the exact same record just to see how good of pickers we were oh no that's but, not that's not true go back to the first episode okay all right no we, we, right. we this was off the record but ryan i've been limiting everyone to a single sentence on their pick records and their thoughts as the champion i will allow you to say whatever you want in this time the floor is yours I I had someone come up to me during the state championships uh, this oh weekend and say no 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 I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna say how it was it was mm. they, literally, they literally said you know what it's awesome uh, you know that you're here whatever uh, there's a reason that you have the best pick right now. I won't I won't say what team I picked but it could have been any of the four teams because I picked all of them but someone from one of those teams said uh, you know there's a reason why you're the number one picker is because you know you picked our team well. I, I just like to say, you know, I had, I, this is my, it doesn't count. This is not an undefeated week. I had a 15 and 0 week earlier this year. And now comes my four and win week this week. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I just want everybody to understand, like, like always we say this every time, this is your first time tuning in. If this is your 16th time tuning in, you know, this, we know a thing or two just because 
we do it all the time and this is this is what we do i mean 142 and 46 and 134 and 54 to get you a, a really good idea of the fact that we may just know what we're talking about i'm gonna need you to go back and give me a receipt of a 15 and 0 week because i don't recall an undefeated week by yeah. anyone this yeah. year I, I i'm not yeah. saying you're lying but i like no but while i'm talking and while we're doing things i want you to go back and find yeah. me the 15 and 0 week that's, that's i need to see it but I mean, Walker, I mean, we let Ryan at most of the time talking, but really quickly, we both tied 134 and 54. Your thoughts on, on the overall pick record. I don't think that's a terrible score at all. I mean, I think that's a great score. Uh, I mean, like, like, like Ryan said, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two and uh, shout out state farm for that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I, was, I was like, what commercial is that? I just had that in my I head kinda, forever. I kind of thought you took that off the dome, but go on. Nah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, it was a good season. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. Off the dome. Off the dome. Off the dome. But yeah, it was a great season. Loved it. You know, could have done better, but I had a little favoritism here and there for the picks and kind of hurt me at some stakes. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the result. You know, there is such thing as making picks for entertainment value that we don't always say, but there is a factor to that. I would have a specific school I could tell that from this weekend that that really got on me after my picks, but I'm going to let it go. Ryan, it seems you hey, found the 15 and 0. Yeah. So I, I definitely found the 15 and 0. Yeah, but, but I'll let y'all be happy. 15. With so you went, y'all both went 13 and 2 this week as well. So y'all, we've all had really good weeks. What, what this week. week was it? Week nine, episode episode nine. Um, I or no, it might have been week eight, episode nine. So, okay. well, uh, whatever fair, the math is on that. But enough. yeah, 15 and 0, 15 and 0. I got every single game right on the five game slate, and then all ten right on the on the what's called. We're taking slate. we're taking way too long on this, but hey, I, Nate, Nate, no, 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 Nate, whatever. Nate, I'm saying that because name me one of the name me one of the matchups from the previous week. Oh, on that. Uh, oh, that was that week. Let's see. Uh, it's. Nolan Catholic versus All Saints was the week. Uh, Houston St. Thomas, San Antonio Prep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second Baptist versus TWCA. Yeah. Lubbock yeah, Trinity yeah, yeah. Christian versus Lubbock Christian. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. Fair enough. I it's 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 amazing how I how I picked wrong on both sides of the Lubbock Trinity Lubbock game, but we'll get into that later. But I mean, after well, actually, that is all we have to say about the last week's pick records for the last time this season. I think it was a fun little game, and somehow we'll get Ryan a trophy up there in Stillwater just for the just for the fun of it. But transitioning into our Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week for the state championships on offense, just. For starters, we can't give it to Andrew Paul again. Andrew Paul had the best stat line out of the weekend for sure, but we given it to him, I think, two weeks in a row or twice in a very short span, so we had to branch out here. But the branch didn't have to go too long until we found our man, the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week, senior running back Zach Johnson from Shiner St. Paul. He had 33 carries for 200 yards and four touchdowns, and more impressively, his fourth consecutive state championship i mean zach johnson has been a pleasure to watch the entire season he is one of the best running backs regardless of division he is an absolute stud and the fact that he put the cherry on top this weekend not with his stats but with his fourth consecutive state championship i think really pushed him over the edge for this award walker i know we talked about a lot in our live show, you know, the significance of Zach Johnson potentially winning a fourth state title. What do you think that means to him? And what do you think this stat line in particular really, really says about the Shiner St. Paul running back in the season he's had? I mean, we, we've called him a legend down there in Shiner forever. And I mean, he just, he owned up to it this game. Uh, heck of a career. I want to be surprised if he had over what, 3000 yards rushing in his career without a doubt. I mean, overall, one of, he will go down as one of the best to ever do it in private school. Uh, just an overall great career for the guy, and he ended it on a great note. 33 yards and 200 yards and four TDs is a great stat line. Don't get it twisted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, legendary status. I wonder if he'll go play college ball. We'll see how it goes. If colleges have not found this kid, they need to. He's a good running back, no matter where, like, how small down of, you know, classification he is. He's been a legend down there and any college would love to have him. So. No, I was going to say without a doubt, but I'm trying to stop <laughs> myself. He is, he is a fantastic player. Like you said, regardless of classification, 
Ryan, Zach Johnson, 200 yards, four touchdowns, solidifying himself as a legend in the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. Your thoughts on the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Johnson? Yeah, man, the myth, legend, Zach Johnson. Absolute uh, great, great player. I mean, it almost felt like he could take any single ball into the end zone, almost like he could score from the one-yard line and Oh, oh no, no, we won't talk about Oklahoma State football. We won't talk about oh, okay. that. Okay, I didn't know where that uh, was going. Oh, I said, yeah, run that back. Run Little self deprecating humor. <laughs> and yeah, no, Zach Johnson, 100%. I mean, literally, the kid was a stud. He's been a stud all season. You know, you know that he was going to do something special in this game. Um, and he didn't shy away from that. I mean, I mean, we, we definitely saw what kind of player he was in person. And it's cool that we got to see him in person. I, I you got to see him versus Brazos Christian. I, I didn't get to see how good he was in that, you know, in that aspect. And he showed out more in this game than he did in that game. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just Zach Johnson is definitely a stud. And I would love to see if uh, some schools get come knocking at his door. No, he is. He is fantastic. We would be remiss if we moved on without talking about him. Zach Johnson, your Texas private school podcast offensive player of the week. And now we look at the Texas private school podcast defensive player of the week. Junior Trey Williams from Parish Episcopal in the Panthers state championship effort. He had 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack three quarterback hurries, and just to add to the stat line, a forced fumble against Midland Christian when we saw Parrish take their third consecutive state title. I mean, Walker, the junior, is really starting to impress people down there at Parrish. What did you think about this individual stat line and his performance as a whole against Midland Christian? I mean, he's for sure one to watch going forward. He can be the guy that next year, you know, we always talk about a guy uh, that parish school that always blows up every year, right? Andrew Paul is this year, the year before it was Austin UK. I wouldn't be surprised if it's this kid going into next year. I mean, this kid is long, lanky, and just can just dominate uh, the any outside tackle. I mean, it's very, very impressive. Uh, what is he, 6'3", 218? That's a perfect, you know, just like outside pass rusher. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts blowing up a little bit next year. I mean, he has the size, he has the stats to back it up. And I mean, in that defense, it always favors that outside linebacker, just being able to do whatever he wants to kind of wreak havoc. So, I mean, I think, I think he's a great dude. I'm not surprised if he starts receiving kind of the offers next year, but heck of a performance and a much needed uh, game that he needed to go ball out in. No, I mean, he is, he has someone definitely like you mentioned to watch going forward. Ryan, your thought on the juniors effort against Midland Christian. I, uh, you know, I mean, you, you had to, you had to be strong on defense to stop the Midland offense. I mean, that's just, that's straight up how it was. And Trey Williams was the leading factor. It was basically the QB of that defense. I mean, it's really, there's really a stat that he didn't hit is what it's kind of like, what's kind of like what we're trying to say, but you know, I, 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 I think Parrish, Parrish, this season doesn't do what they do. Doesn't let teams not score as many points without someone like Trey Williams. That's No, I agree. I mean, he is, he is a fantastic player and there is a reason he was the Texas private school podcast defensive player of the week. Trey Williams in a fantastic effort against Midland Christian. But with that out of the way, as always, we will now move into talking about our last week's matchups for the last time this season. Walker, I know you were there for more of Thursday than I was, and you saw about a lot of six-man action. So what do you want to hit from those games before we move on into the D1 through D4 games? Yeah, we, we're going to talk about six-man for a second because it is electric. I, those were my first games ever to watch six-man, and it ended on a fantastic oh note. Gosh. It was amazing. We'll get to that in the first thing. Uh, first game I want to talk about is Waco Live Oak. The Falcons win their fifth tap state title uh, uh, in a game of 46 to 41 against Marble Falls Faith Academy. Um, I mean, they had 356 yards of offense. Uh, Mason Peters went five for 10, 123. And then uh, William Nicholas uh, went 97 yards on 13 carries. I mean, great game for them. Just edging out in a very, very tight game in the end. But uh, the, the Flames jumped out to a 12-0 lead, and then the Falcons ended up scoring 30 straight points and never trailed again. The, Fal uh, the Flames did cut the lead close at the very end, but uh, in the end, uh, the Falcons came out on top. Great game for Waco Live Oak winning the state championships. Uh, it was an exciting game and fun to watch. Next game, 
Emory Weiner wins their third TAPS title. They won 69 to 24. It was a very kind of a blowout type of game. They had 300 yards of offense. Leo Gerst, the 2022 back, had 222 yards of offense on 24 carries and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns, great game for him. Uh, and it was just amazing. And he also, he also, don't get it twisted, he also returned uh, kickoff 75 yards to the crib. I mean, overall, great game from I got there around the second half or no, yeah, right around the uh, second quarter maybe. And it was just a fun game to watch. The lights went out during it or the electricity went out. So they had to like keep the clock running on their watches. The refs did. So it was a very interesting game, but it was a great game. There's a back over there for um, uh, St. Marcos Academy. I think he might be a 22, but he's a very intriguing prospect and he was a good looking player. So he could be one to watch down the line. But if he's, if he's a 23, but uh, overall, great. Great job for Emory Weiner. Congratulations. And then moving into the last game, me and Wes, Wes got to see the second half of, and it was just a fantastic game. I guess they're probably going to be the only Fort Worth school to ever win a state title this year, so shout out to them. But Fort Worth Covenant Classical wins their a wild, wild game for their t- first TAPS title. Um, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, around 1,300 yards of offense. And then it was just literally like I would tweet out a score and then they would score, score again. They would do that. Like Fort Worth Covenant had 640 yards of offense. Uh, Bracken Christian had 650 yards of offense. Um, it was just insane. Uh, great, uh, great quarterback name for Bracken Christian. Colt Wheelock, that's a great quarterback name. 274 yards passing. Covenant Classicals quarterback, uh, Laham Briley, 424 yards passing for on um, 29 completions. I mean, it was a great game. And then all of a sudden, right. They go down and score Bracken Christian gets, and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to win it. And then Fort Worth covenant goes down, goes down. It's like a fourth and 15, right? Wes, like a fourth and 15 from their, uh, it was like 30, 30 something. And they decide, Hey, let's do something you've never seen before in six man football. And they go for the field goal. And Rex Platt nails the 40-yard field goal to win the game for Covenant Christ- or Covenant Classical. Unreal game. Um, I've never seen anything like that. That was insane. And it was not even like a game, like it barely went over. No, it could have went probably for 50 yards and still would have made it. Great kick by Rex Platt. We interviewed after the game, so go check out that. But I mean, fantastic game by those dudes. I was very, very impressed. Uh, but yeah. Just an amazing week of six-man football. I had to shout out those because, hey, it's the state championship, and we haven't really talked about six-man a lot. But, yeah, uh, fantastic performance by all those teams. And the teams that came up short, they'll probably be back there next year, so I'm excited. But I want to talk about those Bracken Christian dudes. There were probably four four dudes on that Bracken Christian team that could go play, like, a higher-up football. I mean, at least D3. Uh, number 20, I forgot his name. Uh, what What is it, number 22? Look him, up, look him up for me, Wes. 22 was Steven Peterson. 20 was Nathan Herring. Those two dudes look like they could play Division Three football in the, in the next level. So I'll be in, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. I think those are like – they look that good in six-man football. Like that game – and they were it was Division Three for six-man, but they had the best-looking guys I saw that day. Um, so number six, Dylan Morris was also very large. I'm just looking at the, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures and all the rosters and it's coming back to me. They, like you said, they had some dudes that were large. They could have played like, like division two football and taps. Like yeah. they were, they were big. Absolutely. So, I mean, I was very impressed with those guys, you know, I have to shout out those guys a little bit, but yeah, six man football. I love it. Excited. I was excited to watch it and great, great weekend of it. That 40-yard field goal by Rex Platt to win Fort Worth Covenant Classical, that football game, was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. There are a lot of TAPS D1 schools that will not wheel out a kicker to kick a 40-yard field goal to win a state championship game. A six-man team kicked a 40-yard field goal to win a state championship. Let that sink in. I saw that live. Not a lot of people can say that. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life, and I was very very, very lucky to be able to see it. It was ridiculous. But both me and Walker can tell you that's something we will not forget as long as we live. It was an incredible moment. But moving on from six man, we now move into 
the D1 through D4 games that we saw this weekend, starting at D1 and making our way down. At Division One. it was Parish Episcopal versus Midland Christian. And as we all suspected, and probably most everyone except Midland expected, even they might have understood, Parish wins this game in a blowout, 56-17. to 17. And before we get into the Parish players, I've got to say, River Rodriguez is one of the toughest athletes I've ever seen in my life. He had 35 carries, 192 yards, but I'm not talking about his stats. This man got hit over and over and over and over again this game. And every single time he got up, he dusted himself off, and he just continued to barrel down the field. They tried to run him to death, and he refused to die. It was an incredible showing by the Midland Christian quarterback, who, who definitely needs to go play the next level somewhere. He has 100% the heart and the ability to, and I am very curious to see what happens to him moving forward. However, the main story here, as it has been for the back half of the season, is certainly Andrew Paul. Again, he had 26 carries, 342 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. The man has put the Parish team on his back and has continued to plow through. Him and that offensive line have to be credited for the incredible rushing attack that Parish has developed, especially in the back half of the season. It's taken a lot of load off of their freshman quarterback, Sawyer Anderson, who was fantastic in his own right, but it's allowed him to play comfortably as knowing he has that attack to lean on. On the defensive side of the ball, Keegan Addison had 17 tackles. Obviously, a great performance by him. We already mentioned Trey Williams with his stat line, another great performance. We didn't mention Daniel Demery, the top 100 recruit. He had a scoop and score to start the game and also an interception. So, Walker, Parrish gets it done against Midland. They do all the right things. They check all the boxes that we said they needed to check. Your thoughts on the three-time defending state champion Panthers? I mean – uh, we ex- okay. First of all, we expected Parrish to kind of come back and go back to the state championship. We kind of figured it was going to be Nolan to meet him there. I remember us talking about it last year. We're like, it, it was going to be Parrish Nolan again, but with Nolan, Nolan had a lot of stuff to deal with this past year with transfers out and a lot of other situations. Situations uh, that was not a thing. And Midland rose to the challenge, and River Rodriguez brought him all the way there. And you have to give him a tremendous amount of credit for how much he is, and he'll go down like. He, he's going to go down as one of the toughest guys to ever play private school football. You have to understand that and just respect it. Um, so shout out to him. But um, Parrish, man, I mean, like think about it for a second, right? What was the final score? 56 to 17. And let's, let's look, think about that, okay? They lose what? One or two on the offensive line. They lose their running back. But Cedric Mace is a 23, so he'll probably take over next year unless they use him as a receiver. They lose Youngblood, they lose Hill, they lose Addison, and then I'm trying to figure out some other, probably some other athletes on the defensive side of the ball. But you keep probably three of those guys on the offensive line. You keep Sawyer Anderson, you keep Demiri, you keep Trey Williams, you treat the uh, keep the other outside linebacker. Uh, you probably have some un- younger guys coming up on the offensive line and the receivers, and, you know, they'll probably get a transfer in or two. They're going to run it back. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. There was the tweet I saw by Donald Hawkins, I believe, and they said, when does Parrish do the, uh, the uh, Dallas Jesuit route and go to UIL? And that's a serious question, right? Because could they do it? I don't think they could play six or 6A. No. I don't think they could compete in 6A. Not even, I don't think, 5A. But at the same time, Plano Preston would be compelled that one year or that one week, and then they demolish Preston Wood. So I mean, I mean, it's it's very that's a very intriguing question to ask, right? I, I I'm 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 gonna hit you right now just because I think I think it's it's just it's kind of how I believe. Parrish's only one loss this entire year was fourteen and zero. Uh, uh, what's it called uh, LBJ Austin? Austin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who are they? Who are the top of four A four A one? I'm assuming. Yes. Or the they're, they're right there with Stephenville. Yeah. Yeah. They're still playing in the state championship bracket right now. So think about that, for example, right? And that loss was by two points. You're telling me that they couldn't compete with the rest of the team sitting at five A two? Like you know, I mean, that's what they did at the beginning of the season. You know, 
I, I think you could put Parrish 5A2 with some of the Frisco schools. I would love for Parrish to actually schedule some of those Frisco schools. That would be what I would want to know or any of those schools that are in that area. Cause you know, how about you, we see what they can do against a team like little Elm team, like Frisco Liberty team, like Wakeland, do you know, something like that? You know, I don't know. That's, that's my neck of the woods, Frisco. I know there's uh, some all righty teams in uh, Frisco this year. Liberty had the, you know, A&M guy, but we're a Texas private school podcast. I'm getting a little bit off for but well, they could go. They could go the, UIL. The, so an Austin LBJ is 4A D1, and they'll probably make state. Chapel Hill is a good team, so you never know. But still semifinalists in 4A D1. And let's think about Tabs Division One next year. I know this is this is honestly an interesting topic, so that's why we're going to do this. They, you, their best opponents, right? Midland Christian, right? That kept it close in the season. They got a blowed out in the state championship. They're moving down. In district opponents of All Saints are moving down. You you leave who else? Uh, Liberty's moving down. So you have Nolan, TCA Addison, Prestonwood. I mean. Those are your three guys that are going to give you a tough task all season, really. In the north. Yeah, in the north. north, I mean, but until you reach the state championship. So it's it's an intriguing question, you know? Like, what are they going to do? It's my point here is they just won a state championship game 56 to 17. It might be time to start exploring the UIL option like Jesuit. For selfish reasons, I hope they don't, because if they don't, we get to continue to cover them as a as a private school playing private schools. But and, and they I still mean, and they keep giving us recon, like they keep giving private school ball recognition. Exactly. Here. But I mean they I mean they are just absolutely waxing they, everyone. And first of all, put some put some respect on Chapel Hill's name. That, that that's Beast Texas. You never know. They might come out and shock LBJ. They're a good Austin. team this year, don't I, 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 I got a ride. I got a ride for East Texas 903 as much as I can, the Rose City. But I mean, is there anything else we want to hit on either of y'all, Paris versus Midland, before we, before we move on? I think it was, I, I mean, I know we probably, I didn't talk a lot about it, but it was a great, it was a great game and I, that I didn't really get to see myself. But, you know, I, I, I honestly think that it, it would have been cool to see Parrish in person this year. I, I never got to see him and, I need to go see them eventually before they make their way to UIL. Who knows? I got theoretically. Theoretically, I'm trying to figure out where the, I know this is all theory, but I think it's a it's an interesting conversation. Oh yeah. No, as as a disclaimer, just to, yet again, no one has said anything about Parish moving up. This is a tweet we saw questioning what would happen. So we're just having fun talking about it. But hey, and if you, and if you want to give your opinion on it, comment in the comment section or let us know on Twitter. We would love to know like what you would what you think about it and what you think. Uh, you know, if you ever have any opinions on anything, but like specifically this, I would love to know people's opinions on what they think Parish should do. And Me also, well. you think about it now, right? That. Freshman quarterback Sawyer Anderson just got offered by Mizzou this weekend. I mean, and I would not expect this kid to – this is not his first offer and this is the end. This is just the beginning for that kid. That kid's about to receive a lot of attention, kind of like Preston Stone was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, Preston had like 20-plus offers after his, what, freshman freshman sophomore year? And I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same there. So exciting, exciting things happening. It will be interesting to follow this parish team forward as time goes on, but we cannot do that too far in the future right now. We have to move on to the Division II state title game where for the first time since 2007, Dallas Christian is your Division II state champions. They defeat Houston Second Baptist 33-14. to Jaleel Brown, I mean, behind that offensive line, he, like Andrew Paul, has exploded this season. He had 31 for 145 this game. Max Makeda had 82 yards and a touchdown, including one absolute you got mossed. I mean, he absolutely mossed that kid. You can go find our, our that video on our Twitter, but he had one of the better catches I've seen this season. Gabriel Grubbs, as usual, had 10 tackles and a tackle for loss. William Nettles had an interception, and D.C. just straight up shut down Second Baptist offense. I mean, my big thing coming to the game was I thought Second Baptist was going to be able to implement a scheme to slow down D.C. and to be able to score on their own. I mean, it just straight up didn't happen. I mean, D.C. played their game, and they straight up won. And Dallas Christian fans, I know there's a ton of you that watch this. Good Lord, 
Easy, easy. I know I picked against y'all. You don't have to you don't have to come at my throat, but no, I'm just kidding. I really, really enjoyed all the engagement I got. 98.7% of people were very, very nice when they came up and talked to me and gave me a hard time. There's a couple of y'all that I think were were legit really mad at me, but we'll, we'll get past that later. But Walker, I mean, DC, absolute dominant effort in the state championship. Your thoughts on the Chargers winning state? Uh I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, they're they're a good team, and they showed it today. Coach Wheeler game planned the mess out of mess out of that game, and he he had he had them ready to go. Um, it was very very impressive. Yeah, Second Baptist is not an easy team to beat as well. Like that's a very very difficult team to play. They have talented guys who are going to go play collegiate ball and all of that. And Dallas Christian kind of just did what they kind of wanted to, and um. A very, very impressive win for D.C. as they move down into D3. So it'll be interesting to see how that team goes next year. Um, you know, they lose a lot of those 22 seniors, but they keep Luke Carney. They keep a lot of the younger guys. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, it will be interesting to see. That's all. How I many people say. will stay once they move down to D3? It's That's a question. A, it's, it's a, a good great question. question. And how many but, guys move in at the same time? It's just, it's an intriguing thing for sure. Um, but I also want to say uh, this will be on Twitter, but we got interviews with Tyler Williams, dad, and also uh, the dads of Skillern and Eli. I want to play them in this episode if that's cool. So I want to play those now. This is Wes Toss with the Texas Private School Podcast here with Joel Skillern and Keith Smith, fathers of Everett Skillern and Eli Smith, two incredible running backs for the Houston Second Baptist Eagles. Guys, I mean, Mr. Smith, you first. I mean, your son's committed to Villanova. He's one of the best running backs in the state. What is it like to be able to raise him and watch this journey of him all the way to state? You know, I couldn't be more proud as a dad. Um, it's such a such a proud moment to see him, you know, finish his high school career here in the state championship game. Uh, it's been a journey. Uh, Second Baptist has been a great school for us, a great school for him. He's built a community here. So uh, to see them as a team gel the way they have over the course of the years and for it to culminate into state championship there's only thing one thing left is to go out and get the win so it's been great thank you that's perfectly stated i mean mr skillern your son is a tremendous running back as well as defensive player i remember the first game i came and covered this year y'all played kincaid and he he went toe-to-toe with a power five commit and he almost shut him down the entire game i mean just what are your thoughts on being able to raise him the same question just seeing him get to come and play for a state title here tonight he's the youngest of four uh we left katie to come to second baptist one christian environment wanted a little higher academics uh i had actually student taught at second baptist years ago and they treated me very well uh everything that we would have done it a hundred times over uh, again and um we're just like like he said we're happy to be here building the program uh just doing all the little things the right way and uh, just excited for what you know might happen tonight. We're hoping we get the win. A talented Dallas Christian team, and uh, we're hoping that you know this kind of puts uh, our, our school on the map, uh, so to speak, and, and we become in the, in the same breath of Regents and Dallas Christian and some of the others. Very well stated. It will be a great matchup here tonight. Both of y'all, thank you so much for coming on. We will see y'all after the game. This is Wes Tallson here with Will Coleman, father of Tyler Williams. Mr. Coleman, I mean, how has it been to been able to see your son just progress all the way to the state championship game? What does that mean to you, and what are your predictions for the game tonight? Man, first of all, it's been very, very awesome to be here at EC and get to see how he's developed over the past two years. Coach Will and the staff have been wonderful. Um, really, there's no other words that I can use to describe it. And as far as tonight, I think it's going to be a great game going to be a defensive game not going to be an offensive game i don't expect it to be over 45 point score total dc pulls it out you think dc pulls it out you think it's going to be a defensive slugfest do you think dc's toughness on defense will be what gives them the edge here tonight definitely definitely does uh i know that we lost a lot last year and that kind of scared people off about dc but these guys have a grit to them that the team last year didn't have they know how to fight adversity uh know how it went last year with Regents. They, they punched back and kind of didn't know how to handle it, but these guys, they know how to do it. 
Well, we will see that grit on full display here in a few short minutes. Thank you so much for coming on. We will see you after the game ends. And I just want to say a big thank you to Mr. Skiller and Mr. Smith and Mr. Coleman for giving us just fantastic interviews. We thought it'd be really cool to be able to interview parents and, and fans and get a different perspective on the game because we haven't seen a lot of people do that. So I, just thank you all three so much for, for that interview, giving a different perspective on private school football. But with the conclusion of that, actually, Ryan, did you get to talk about DC Second Baptist? I don't think you did. No, I did not. Well, I did take not away. Talk about it. So I made a promise to some DCO linemen that if they won that game, and I was talking to them, I think it was like before the game or like maybe during the first quarter, I said, if y'all win, if y'all win, I'll shout you out on the podcast. But they have some <laughs> big fans of them alignment. They love our podcast. So every one of these offensive linemen, defensive linemen, I'm giving y'all a shout out. I'm going to the names. Porter Nix. Oh, by the way, if I mess up any of these names, I'm so sorry. Porter Nix, Ramon Glory, uh, Garrett Blazing Game, Cole Burke, Josh Cabrera, uh, Titus Small, uh, Ram Small, Nick Dory, Caleb Pedraza, uh, Devonte High, Kentrell Johnson, Greg Sal Saldivar, and Aiden Wurz. Aiden Wurz. Just sound it out. Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> I tried. I tried. I probably messed up so many of those. I'm so sorry. But I promised all y'all that I would say all y'all's names if y'all won the state championship. Y'all did. What a great win! Um, and it, and that that line did everything for Jaleel Brown, and he credits that a hundred percent himself. So. You know, uh, would it, would it, Jaleel Brown wouldn't be the guy he is without um, those O-linemen and uh, especially those seniors that are going to be gone this next year. Yeah, no, I want to say, like, DC, we found out, is one of the, the favorites of the pod, and they love what we do. So I just want to shout those people out because they've supported us and we've supported them, so I just want to give that love back. Uh, they were great for us, and the program over there is really fantastic. So, Y'all are rabid, man. Y'all – Y'all don't forget who picks against y'all. I'll say that for sure. But moving on, the Division Three state title game, we saw Cypress Christian face off against Trinity Christian Lubbock. Cypress Christian wins here 16-7 to in a defensive-dominated game. We saw Cody Andrews go for 173 yards rushing and a touchdown. Maxwell Landrum had 119 total and also a touchdown. And on the other side of the coin, we saw Marcus Ramon Edwards, the running back slash quarterback slash wildcat slash entire offense for Trinity Christian Lubbock. I mean, he looked the part for sure. I didn't get actual stats, but he had to have over 100 yards rushing. Just picked up an offer from Texas Tech, and he really does. He looks like he's the real deal. I mean, he's a fantastic athlete, but Cypress is a team that won this game. Chris Hogan came in with a great game plan, shut down the Trinity rushing attack. Because, I mean, that's really what their main source of offense was, was Ramon Edwards and the ability to run the ball. Chris Hogan shut that down. Cypress played at an incredibly high level, and it shows because they're walking away with the state title. I mean, Walker, we all got to watch this game. It obviously seems that Cypress came in with the better game plan. Your thoughts on the Warriors getting their D3 state title? I mean, it was kind of like it was kind of deja vu for me watching this Cypress team because they run the same exact offense kind of that they ran at uh, Grapevine Faith with Kogan. I mean, it was it was really intriguing to watch just how, you know, if you have a star running back, they'll run the ball with you and they'll run all day. And then they just that opens up for the quarterback to make some good plays. And that's what Landrum did. Um, yeah, Cypress was Cypress is good, man. Uh, I, I can see them back there next year. Uh, they lose a couple guys for sure, but, you know, with Landrum at the helm, you're excited to see what they can do next, um, especially with Hogan down there and all that. Wouldn't be surprised if they get a transfer here and there from a Cypress school, and Cypress schools are loaded down there. Um, but, yeah, CCS Lubbock, you have to give them credit, though. I mean, overcame a lot in that playoff bracket to get where they're on now. Uh, beating Lubbock Christian was a massive, massive program-changing win for them. Um, and now they're threats to make it state every single year. So you're excited to see, hey, with Lubbock Christian going down, are they going to go back there next year? Is Grace Prep or any of those going to be up to the challenge next year? But it's exciting to watch. But uh, shout out to both those schools. They're really, really good. Without a doubt. Ryan, God dang, I said it again. Ryan, Cyprus wins another state title here. Your thoughts on the Warriors? Effort. You know, I had Chris Hogan last year. You know, I, I've been Chris Hogan – since Chris Hogan did things, you know, like I, 
I even when this podcast was starting, I, I remember I just said the I said the words Chris Hogan probably more than anybody else has ever said the words Chris Hogan probably more than his wife has ever said Chris Hogan. I I'm telling you right now, I honestly like I love how that team played. It was just you know it, I got to see a good majority of the game. I was a little late, but I got to see a good majority of the game. And I can tell you right now, uh, you know Maxwell Landrum was a great uh, athlete. You know, uh, no doubt about that. But, I mean, this was the closest game that we saw, right? I mean, this is the closest game that we saw. Definitely the one that went down the wire. Uh, started to get a little rain. It started raining a little bit, too, during this game, too. Like, lots of different things going on. But, yeah, Marcus Ramon Edwards, let me just say, you know, Trinity Christian Lubbock does not get to the state championship. They do not beat all the teams on that side of the bracket and come out as the victors um, without Marcus Ramon Edwards. And that's just that's just facts. Yeah, I mean, he is a fantastic player in his own right. You obviously saw that with the Texas Tech offer, but you got to take your hats off to Cypress Christian. They had a fantastic season and a well-deserving state champion. Moving on to the final game of the slate that we have to cover, Shiner St. Paul versus Munster Sacred Heart. Shiner wins 36-8. Zach Johnson, the man we raved about for about five minutes earlier, 33 carries, 200 yards, and four touchdowns in his final game in the red and white. Noah Bodeger had a touchdown and several nice catches. We got an interview with both those guys after the game. It's one of my favorites. The way it ended, I think, is the best interview I've ever seen. So go watch that on our Twitter. But, I mean, guys, St. Paul just kind of dominated this game from start to finish. Zach Johnson was unstoppable on the ground. They played keep away from Sacred Heart as they have – with every team so far this year. Walker, your thoughts on Zach Johnson and Noah Bodeker getting four straight state championships. I mean, it's a dynasty. Like, that's going to go down in legendary, like the legend books for private school football. That's It's a true dynasty down there in Shiner St. Paul. I mean, you saw what it meant to Coach Waxmith, you know, handing the, the award to Bodeker on our Insta, or Instagram and Twitter. Like, those two guys, I mean, they mean everything to this program. And they, those guys love going up and going through the, the every single grade to get to where they are now and loving to play high school football for their program. Because, you know, down there, it's not like they get a lot of recognition in the newspapers or they get a lot of this, they get a lot of that. It's truly for the love of the game and love of their school, and that's why they play. And I think that's the most pure form of just football you can find is those small-town Friday Night Lights, and that's what I love about the sport. I mean, those two guys put the team on their backs every single year and just loved it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, right? What do they do next? Because you lose these two guys, you lose Coach Waxman's son, who I believe is a senior as well. And do they have guys under in the under ranks to stand up to the challenge and, you know, go on for the next couple of years or what's, what's it up? So it'll be exciting to see what happens next for this team and, I know Brad's Christian is losing Levi Hancock, but are they going to challenge again next year? So we'll see how it goes. Blocksmith is a junior, so he will be back next year. Okay. The other two guys are seniors, so they will be gone. But like you said, it will be incredibly intriguing to see how St. Paul uh, rebounds after losing those guys. Can't really say rebound because they just want to stay tied up, but we will see. Those are two heavy contributors that they will be missing, but like you said, it will be interesting to see how they come out next year. Ryan, Shiner St. Paul, D4 State Champions, your comments. Uh, you know, not a lot more to say than what we just talked about. Zach Johnson was obviously incredible. And Noah Burker proved to be just another one of those guys that um, was an elite for the St. Paul offense. Uh, definitely going to be insane to see uh, both of them go. Guys that have been there since uh, literally pre-K3 is what they said. I mean, they have been with Shiner St. Paul for their entire lives. Um, it's really cool to see that they both were able to get four championships during their high school years. Please go watch the Zach Johnson interview. He says something great about, you know, um, who he's like looked up to over time. It is so like heartwarming to see a guy like that who's been in China forever, just like, you know, how he talks about it. I don't know. It just meant a lot to me when I heard it. No, it was, it was an incredible interview and the shot you got of of coach Walksmith giving Bodeker the medal is one of my favorite favorite scenes I've seen from anything it just it tells you 
how much football means at any level of the game. I mean, it's it's basically a religion down here in Texas, and it's a beautiful thing to see at the highest level. And now we are going to look at, for the final time, our power rankings for the end of the season. Looking at our top 10 in Division One, we go Parish Episcopal, Midland Christian, Nolan Catholic, Central Catholic, Preston Wood, Fort Worth All Saints, Bishop Lynch, St. Thomas, Tom Ball Concordia Lutheran, and Antonian Prep. Those are your top 10 Texas Private School podcast power ratings for D1. For Division Two. you see the state champion Dallas Christian Charters at one, Southwest Christian follows them, then Houston Second Baptist, Fort Bend Christian Academy, Austin Regents, St. Michael's, Fort Worth Christian, Grapevine Faith, Brook Hill out of Bullard, and then Lutheran South rounds us out at 10. Looking at Division Three and Division Four combined, the top 10 starts off with state champion Cypress Christian. After that is Trinity Christian Lubbock, then Shiner St. Paul, the D4 champions, then Lubbock Christian, Brazos Christian, Grace Prep, Pantigo Christian, Bay Area Christian, San Antonio Holy Cross, and Munster Sacred Heart. SPC final rankings. I'm pretty sure there's no change here. We already covered them in a previous episode, so I will save my voice. Top 10 overall, the final rankings to change. Number one, Parish Episcopal. Number two, Midland Christian. Number three, Trinity Christian Addison. Maybe some surprise there, but they're a very solid team, even though they're in D5 this year. Number four, Nolan Catholic. Number five, Dallas Christian. Number six, Kincaid, your SBC champions. Number seven, Episcopal School of Dallas. Number eight, Central Catholic. Then Southwest Christian at number nine. And Houston Second Baptist at number 10. So, guys, I just read out all of our power rankings for D1 through D4, as well as our overall rankings. Is there anything specific you want to hit on from any of the rankings I just talked about? think you gotta you gotta explain the, the what's it called second baptist south of christian i mean it's if okay i don't want to be biased and we came to an agreement together let's okay but i mean second bat uh, second southwest christian played them closer i think that's fair enough i think they played dallas christian closer than second baptist and and you also and like you could be like oh well it was rainy and that's why it was closer the second half right i want to i want to make sure I, this was correct before i say that but dallas christian i think only scored seven points in the second half and that was when there was no rain i want to make sure on that before yeah well no it was 14 they scored oh yeah they only scored 10 points in the second half when it was no rainy, no, like anything like that. And SES scored 14 points in the second half when there was no rain. And it was the same amount of points as uh, second Baptist did against DC. So, I mean, I think they're a better team because of that. So they can't really like, I don't think there's any complaining on that. I think South Christian was the closer team and was the e- closest match for any team facing Dallas Christian this whole year. The physicality of SES faced, and hit them in the mouth. And I think that's something that DC does to everyone else. And I think that's what makes them a little closer. And what sucks as an SES fan, because I think that was probably their year to win it all. And it's going to take them a couple of years, many years probably, to get back to the they need to be because of people coming down. But I, th- I think the real question is, would SES beat Houston Second Baptist straight up? And I think the I, answer, I, I think the answer is, I think the answer is yes. I think so. I, I agree. And Coach Flowers, if you are in Coach Pertle, if you somehow watch this, I hope you do. Because <laughs> you we both cool. know y'all. Please schedule this game for next year. This would be such a fun game to go watch. And I am excited because I think it's two good teams that would love we'd be very good at facing each other. So I want that matchup early in the season next year. As as well as because you know what? Some DFW versus Houston matchups are always fun to watch. So put that in the preseason games that is true i'm gonna hammer that any dfw versus houston matchup is always fun to watch especially the d2 ones oh hang on hang on hang on we made a mistake i just saw we made a mistake at d2 i just read through all of it grace isn't in the top 10 anywhere oh that is a good point top 10 top 10 overall i can maybe understand they have to be in top the top 10 d2 so sorry i gotta i'm obligated to make i'm obligated to make i'm obligated to make a grace joke somewhere every episode but go on 
Yeah, we have to take him off the dock. I don't know why he's not <laughs> here. But, but yeah. Well, anything else? I mean, I think D1's pretty good. I think Bishop Lynch at number seven beating St. Thomas is where they need to go. But you know, Bishop Lynch, of course, loses to all the other teams at D1. Uh, D3, D4. I, oh, we, the, the Bra- yeah, Brazos. I mean, I, I will, I'll comment on that. We, we, let's go. I'm the one that hasn't even seen them, and I'll say it right now. Brazos Christian, if you would have, I mean, West saw it. West saw Brazos play St. Paul better than anybody else had paid the entire time. That Hang game on, we, we got to get you, we got to get you talking like a southern Brazos. Oh, Brazos, Brazos, Brazos Christian, Brazos <laughs> Christian would have been a heck of a lot better game than with Shiner St. Paul. Uh, no, honestly, I mean, Brazos, Brazos Christian versus Shiner St. Paul was the best game in the Division Four. Uh, you know, playoff series. And it's sad to see that, you know, they just haven't didn't, uh, they didn't end up together facing each other in Waco. And the thing about it is too, right? If you were like, oh yeah, Grace Prep and Pantigo were better teams. Well, how they lose first round of the playoffs or first or second round, right? Uh, I mean, they, for how good those teams should have been, they didn't perform in the playoffs as they should have. And then Bay Area, yeah, they, they beat them in the, in dish, in the end season. But Brazos Christian was without Levi Hancock and Bay Area only beat him by three. So I think overall, as the season commenced, I think they were a better team. But everything else I think is pretty good. And then overall, I think it's pretty good. People are going to argue with it, and that's okay. But I think it's I think it's a good ranking. I don't I don't know why we spend like seven minutes like explaining our thought process. People hey. are just going to yell at us on Twitter yeah. regardless well, of what I, we say. I, 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 I like that, that's fun. That's the yeah. fun part. It's better it. than the college football playoff deciding Facts. some of the things. Exactly. And they don't give any context. Yeah. yeah. No, this Facts. Is, We're giving you a look into our thought process. This giving is you... the better CFP. Stop it. <laughs> and guess what? These rankings are subjective. They are they are uh, our yeah. thoughts. They are not no by no reason that are they yeah. law. But they, we yeah, are they don't, they don't send us, they don't send you to the college football playoff. They are just for <laughs> three college kids. These are three college <laughs> kids like saying, Oh, we think this team's better. No, we're just kidding. We actually do put a lot of time into this. Oh, without but, a doubt. But uh we will be interested to see what all of you say on Twitter, and we will definitely be keeping up with that. But that was our final power ranking of the year. And now we're going to get in some closing thoughts. Um, we said, so first we're going to talk about the best players we've seen this year. We did a little bit. Uh, we did this in a different form earlier on an earlier episode. I, I say we, we trim it down a little bit, just give three or four names. It's funny. We had to, ha- we had to add in a caveat name said not named Andrew Paul because every single one of us would probably have Andrew Paul as our number one player. but. To make it for the sake of diversity, we're going to take Andrew Paul out of the equation. We know Andrew Paul is one of the best players we've seen this year, but for the sake of, like I said, diversity, we're going to say other names. So for me, names I have down here, uh, Dylan Bell, first game, Kincaid, second Baptist. He's the real deal. He really impressed me. Jaleel Brown, I saw him twice this season. I think he's he could be the one of the second best running backs in taps behind Andrew Paul. And Brady Dever, I saw him, I think, twice as well this season and like I said I raved about that Fort Bend Christian offense on that air raid passing attack I know they lost the second Baptist but him Domino Creatin Donovan Dixon all Braden Gardani all of them impressed me a lot so those are those are three or four players that I was really impressed with this oh Everett Skillern as well big fan mm-hmm. of Everett Skillern the Brown commit really really hard-nosed player but Walker, some who are some of the best players you've seen this season? Our first full season covering Taps football. Yeah, I'll go through my names. That I'm going to see guys that I've actually seen in person. I really like Skiller, and I was going to say that. Um, I like Joe Moreland out of St. Michael's. I really like that dude. I think he's an underrated guy in the state. Um, you didn't get to go see Levi, so I can't see Levi. But I think Levi, he's really- oh, Levi should have been on there. That man has a cannon. He does. He really does. Um, Antoine Polk, Southwest Christian. I, I, I will, I'm going to put my name down. Now I'm going to say it now. I think that kid will be a D1 back if this is my, like, you know, if he gets into the weight room, works, gets a little bit faster, works on being just like lower to the ground when he's running. And I think that kid can be a little, that can be a big time player. Um, and I really like, uh, like, I like Gabe Grubbs. Grave Grubbs is a mauler. And I think some of those guys on Parish, I think the whole Parish team is very, very impressive. So you can name a lot of guys from there. But uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I think those are kind of the names I'm thinking about right now. I know I'm missing some, but whatever. Yeah, we're doing this off the top of our heads for the most part. So we missed you. There's no disrespect. It's just come to mind first. Ryan, I know you didn't get to cover a lot of games in person, but what did you think? Uh, well, you, you saw that in that yeah. Nolan game as well as the state championships. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to go back to this. I, I actually, I, there's the weekend I covered SBC and there's the week and I got to see a Nolan Catholic Prestonwood game during that. So this is from guys that I've seen in person. Here's my list. McGuire Martin was an absolute stud. He was hundred percent. One of the best guys I saw by far. Um, I then have to go with either Curly Thomas or Jaden Burnett. Both of them are my like Nolan Catholic guys that I'd say they played insanely well. Um, Dylan Bell, without a doubt, and his brother, um, Cam Henry as well. And then uh, Jackson Pierce was like an absolute stud on uh, John Cooper. I mean, like literally had five, six, seven. Yes, dude, Jackson, Jackson Pierce, bro, 100%. So, yeah, that's my rundown. I got a Presswood, known Catholic. I got two SBC guys. I, that's kind of my rundown. I, I, think, I think I hit home for what games I saw. Bob McKeever. Bob McKeever is a fantastic 23 quarterback and a John Cooper that I liked a lot. Also, you mentioned Nolan. I forgot. Kewan Lacey, the, mm. the sophomore running back out of Nolan. Uh, I, I say when I saw him, um, I think that's a that's a power five back. He is huge. He actually just got offered by Indiana uh, less than a week ago. So, dude, I'm telling you, he passed the eye test. I think he's going to be fantastic. Kewan Lacey is someone to keep an eye down, eye on down in Fort Worth for sure. But I mean, those are the best players we've seen the past year. Also, something that's in the work. And I know Walker is going to groan a little bit when I say it because it is an absolute is is a absolute bear on all of us. But Walker more than anyone with the task of editing it, the award show, we're bringing it back, the second year. Please send in stats if you have them. We are relying on Max Preps and Dallas Morning News and things like that. They are not always the most reliable, but they usually give us pretty good information, but it would be a lot better if we all had stats from you personally. So please send in your stats about that. But Walker, the award show's coming back. What do you have to say about outside of the, the tremendous workload it brings? What do you think about the award show coming back and us giving recognition to all these kids that deserve it? I'm just happy it won't be during funnels. <laughs> but uh no, I'm so excited for this. You know, it was a great time to get to know everyone in the, like in the community, got to know a lot of the coaches through the school tour. And we'll first talk about this. The the war show is great and it got and it was a really good thing for us moving forward to get to know a lot of y'all and a lot of the people in the industry in the community. It's going to change a little bit, maybe. I don't know yet. We'll see how it goes. We're still in the works. We might add a little more some more categories or we might do a couple of things differently but i think how we'll do it still is we're going to do semi-finalists that will come out probably next week or a little bit later uh finalists which will be the top four and then the award show that will come out with the actual winners um so that will be kind of the timeline of it uh so keep an eye out for those things um but kind of the same awards. And now because we know a little bit more about them, the lower divisions might get a couple more awards as well. Uh, but of course, what that comes with uh, sponsorship. So if you're, if you're anyone that watches this show and would love to sponsor the award show, either that is $5 or a big time donation from like one of your companies, please contact me on my social medias because it's a big task for us to getting all these awards out. So I'm doing yeah. my pre now. So you don't see this in a lot of episodes, even though I probably will talk about this in every episode. It's a big thing. And we got a great friend of mine. Yeah. See the ward. Look how beautiful it is uh, there. Boom. It's right there. It's in a great ward. It's going to be kind of the same thing. We're going to switch it up a little bit, but not really the thing. It's going to be metal. It's going to look good. You can put it in your dorm rooms. You can put it in your houses and it's going to look great. It always is. And everyone I've talked to that I've ever said it were, was their first reaction is, oh, this is much better than we've ever seen before. So it's a legit award and we don't do anything like simple here. We do it legit, the best of the yeah. best as we do. Yeah. So I just want to say that I'm excited for it. So school or players, coaches, anyone that watches, if you have stats, because Max Preps doesn't have everyone, uh, Dallas Morning News, UC Chronicle doesn't have anyone, San Antonio schools, uh, 
Midland, any of those schools, send them my way, please. Uh, social medias, email, anything you want, send it our way so we can have a giant document of everything we do. Because we will go through every single school from Brownsville up to Midland and Lubbock. Like we will do everything and we're not going to do bias, but we just, we need stats or we won't like include you. And that's just kind of how it is. Hopefully when all state, all district come out, we'll do that as well. We'll add that into it, but we also don't do it as much because you know, it's, there's some bias in all district and all state, just how it is. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for it. And afterwards will be the school tour. I don't know how we're going to ship those out. I don't, the whole point of the school tour last year was to connect with the community as well as to transport the awards to all of y'all. So kind of will be the kind of the same thing probably don't know for sure. I'm kind of just speaking on the top of my head. Um, and the school tour will look also a little bit different. I got burnt out a little bit as you could probably tell. And I was not able to perform and edit all the award shows as I, or all the interviews that I wanted to, well, you want to do it a little bit differently and have like a centralized location in each city that we can all come to and kind of then do like all the guys from that area are all in one photo for the private school best players in the area and kind of do something like that, which I think would be pretty cool. And then do an interview with each of the people. So I don't have to travel around each city multiple, multiple times and do all that shindig. So a lot of stuff is still in the works for football wise, because it is the biggest sport in the state, but of course uh, that comes with uh, time. So be on the lookout for the award show, probably the semifinals coming out next week as somewhat. That's a nice lot of thing. things are happening. There are a lot of moving parts. Just because football has wound down doesn't mean that we wound down. We still have a few more things to pump out before we can take any sort of break that I know we all need because, sweet Lord, I know we're all on the, the edge of getting burnt out, especially after state. But for the sake of content for you, we will continue to, to pump out the rest of these semifinalists as well as finalists as well as overall award winners. Be on the lookout for that sooner rather than later. Ryan, with the end of football comes the beginning and middle of basketball. I mean, obviously, we're about to kick into gear a little bit more with that. I know that's more your realm than me or Walker's. Just really quickly, give me your snapshot thoughts on this basketball season and how the coverage of that will happen. Yeah, no, I got I got a good amount to work with, and I actually am so sad I didn't get to go to the Grace Prep tourney this weekend. It was such a great tourney this weekend over at Grace Prep. They had so many good teams, um, and I just happened to be covering the Tap State Championships, and I couldn't go to that. Um, let's make it known right now. Uh, there are like four or five teams that just run like taps and SBC when it comes to, you know, this kind of stuff. The five teams that are on the top of my head, Woodlands, Christian, uh, Green Hill, Grace Prep and uh, McKinney Christian, as well as John Paul II. I mean, these five teams are insanely good. And funnily enough, Woodlands, Woodlands, Green Hill, Grace Prep, McKinney Christian were the final four teams in the Grace Prep tourney. So take that how you, how you will, but very, very good players on these teams. And I'll go down the list real quick. Woodlands Christian obviously has Austin Benini. Austin Benini, I talked to him about him last year. Obviously a great player. Um, he's, he's getting lots of coverage. He's a Navy commit. Um, so, um, definitely one of the best players out of that area. Um, Green Hill has Noah Shelby and Lee Dort, two guys going to Vanderbilt together. Um, they're really big on the AAU stage, SBC guys. They're nine and five, uh, as a team with losses to PCA, Prestonwood Christian and uh, JP two. Um, and they have all the other three losses are all UIL. Grace Prep is another great team. They're the ones that host that tournament, but they still have guys. Justin uh, McNelkin, uh, Ajani, Ajani Jameson, and Cameron Thomas. I probably said some of those wrong, but all three of those guys are studs. I, I know they got some transfers in this year. Um, they were, they've proven to be very good. 10-2, and two, only losses to McKinney Christian and other losses to Green Hill. You'll start to notice a trend. All these teams just beat up on each other after playing them over and over and over again. Uh, it's a little bit different than football. You actually play the same team three times in the sport. Uh, McKinney Christian is 14 and three. Uh, they, they have guys that I got to see this uh, literally like a couple nights ago. I saw them on Monday night. Uh, Bobby McWard, Jalen Johnson, uh, Jalen Wheeler, and a name that you'll, you'll all, you two will see is Zeke Long. 
Uh, Zeke Long's a football player, but that doesn't mean he ain't a basketball player too. Guy had 19 points uh, coming off the bench as the sixth man. But McKinney Christian's only losses are to Bishop Lynch, uh, Grace Prep, and Prestonwood Christian. I'm telling you, all these teams just beat each other. Out of the South, Antonian Prep is 16 and 0. Currently ranked in Texas as the number 13 team in Texas. Out of both, out of everything, hmm. I don't know if they're the 13th best team in Texas, but that's what Max Prep has them just because of the fact they haven't lost a game. Multiple overtime games still haven't lost. Santiago uh, Ochoa, I, I, or if I, however you say that. I'm pretty sure he was hurt because he hasn't played in half the games, um, but he's back in action, still their leading scorer. Um, and Xavier Martinez, both of them are averaging over 18 points a game. That is insane. Um, and then Isaiah Fox is a freshman, and he is putting out numbers for them um, and doing it insanely well. John Paul is second. Obviously, they were good last year. They had Jalen Tyson. They had um, they had Manny Obaseki. They reloaded. They have Liam McNeely now. He's a sophomore and he's doing insanely well. Uh, you know, they're 15 and three, and I don't see them backing down at all. Press with Christian. Uh, they have uh, two, uh, what's called, they have two games against Green Hill. Uh, one of them being a win, 64-54, the other one being a loss, 68-60, and they have a win against McKinney Christian, 59-58. Their record is 8-1, another team. They have Vinny Sagonia and uh, Jake Murphy, a ton of great guys on that team. That's my little rundown. You'll hear more as we get throughout the season, but just know right now, I listed basically the big, the big teams. I don't see those teams backing down, um, and honestly, it's a good spread of 6A, 5A, 4A and a little bit of SBC. So get a little bit of everything there. We got a lot of a lot of more basketball action to cover as time goes on, but that's a little snapshot of what's been going on so far. I know Ryan's gonna follow that really closely. You know, I would have to say it has been a very successful past several months covering Texas private school football. Would y'all agree? I agree. No, absolutely. <laughs> I I really I have been constantly reminded how incredibly grateful I am and I know both of y'all are that we get the opportunity to do this yet again I want to say a very heartfelt thank you to everyone that watches this you are the reason we continue to be able to do this and cover your kids and get all of y'all's names out there we are very very appreciative of all the support we get on a constant basis but for the last time during football, you will still see an episode next week. But for the last recap, this has been West Hall, some 130 year hosting crew. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically been themselves. We will see you next week with the semifinalists for the Texas Private School Podcast Awards. See you later.